The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The word of God we want to consider today is again our Old Testament reading for the third Sunday in Advent. We're looking at the beginning of that reading where Jesus is speaking in prophecy. This is Isaiah 61 verses 1 to 3. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. My dear friends in Christ, Jesus truly is the preacher of good news. And, and as we look at the beginning of this reading, look at what Jesus says here. Jesus says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. With these words, Jesus is saying that he was anointed to be the savior of the world, the savior of the world who would basically be telling people, there, there, it will be all right. But Jesus isn't the Savior who just says, there, there, it will be all right. Jesus also does everything that's necessary so that everything really would be all right. He paid for our sins. He defeated the death, death and the devil. He won for us eternal life. So Jesus is the preacher of good news, the preacher of good news who also makes the great exchange for us. The great exchange for us, meaning that what he does is he takes away from us our sins and the punishment that we deserve for our sins, and then in return, what he gives to us is his holiness, his righteousness, and eternal life. So that in him, well, the punishment we deserve is gone. Eternal life is now ours in Jesus, our Savior. Well, Jesus said, the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me, to provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And now see, Jesus isn't just saying, there, there, it will be all right. 
He doesn't just tell us that things are going to get better. He made sure that our sorrow for sins could be changed to eternal joy. And he worked that out for us when he made the greatest exchange that this world has ever seen. What he did is he again took upon himself our sins and the punishment that we deserve because of our sins when he went to the cross and, and paid for all of our sins there. When he suffered and died for us, and then what he does is in exchange he gives us his sinlessness, his holiness, his forgiveness, his salvation. And as a result of that, well, looking at the picture that's used here, instead of sackcloth and ashes, the sackcloth and ashes that Old Testament people would wear because they were troubled by their sins and what they knew they deserved because of their sins. Well, instead of, give, instead of that, instead of the mourning that we would experience because of our sins and instead of the despair that we would feel because of the eternal punishment that we know we deserve, well, instead we're, dis we're adorned, he says, with the crown of beauty, thinking there of the joy and the privilege that we have of knowing that we have God's grace and love, forgiveness and eternal life. That's the crown of beauty that he's talking about here. In Isaiah's day, when people were at joyous occasions, what would sometimes happen is that they would anoint their heads with oil. And, and maybe when we think of that picture, maybe we can think of what sometimes happens at the end of a football game when a team wins a great victory. And then what happens is that the players come with that big container of Gatorade and they dump it on the coach. Well, that's kind of like the oil of gladness that's being referred to here. And the garment of praise that he talks about that we can wear, well, that's Christ's blood and righteousness. Again, washing away our sins, giving us his holiness, giving us Jesus' holiness. And as a result, Jesus, talking about believers here, says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. The oak tree is a strong, enduring tree. And through faith in Christ, what we can recognize is that we are such strong trees because of Christ. Even though in this lifetime there can be plenty of times when we feel like, like the toppled pine tree that's down there on the ground. Well, through his word, what Jesus does is he makes us strong. He helps us so that we can endure life's trials and troubles and temptations. And that's why we'd say how important it is that we regularly, faithfully, often, often be searching the scriptures, studying God's word, worshiping our Savior, so that the Holy Spirit can build us up and strengthen us in our faith, so our roots grow deeper and deeper so that we can withstand the storms of this world, 
so that we can stand up against all of the trials and troubles that we face in this world, so that, so that we can face against the temptations that Satan, the unbelieving world, and our own sinful flesh would hurl against us. Oh, we all probably know people that we would talk about as saying they're, they're all talk and no action. That's not our Savior. He doesn't just say, there, there, it will be all right, and leave it at that. Well, just think of the story of Jesus healing the paralyzed man. In that story, when that paralyzed man came to Jesus, Jesus said to him at first, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. He took care of the man's greatest needs and because he did that, well, some of the Jewish teachers, they objected to what Jesus said. They didn't think that Jesus had the right to be able to forgive sins like he did. They thought he didn't have that power. Well, Jesus showed them that he wasn't just talk, that he had the power to do what he said because what he did is he healed that man of his paralysis. And he really showed his power, of course, because he went to the cross and there he single-handedly defeated death, the devil, for us and won for us eternal salvation. Oh, when, when politicians are campaigning, and trying to get elected, what we're used to hearing is them making all kinds of promises. And, and we recognize up front that the promises that they make, they're making the promises to get elected. And will they be able to keep those promises? Well, when Jesus makes a promise, when Jesus makes a promise, when he speaks and says he's going to give us the forgiveness of sins, he doesn't. When he speaks and says that through faith in him we're going to have heaven, well, through faith in him, we're going to have heaven. We can confidently take him at his word Know we're forgiven. Know that as believing children of God, heaven is our home. So Jesus, he's not only the preacher of good news, he's also the preacher who makes the great exchange for us. He takes away our sin. He gives us his holiness. He gives us his heaven. That's good news, and that's our reality in Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for preaching to us the good news of the gospel. But you not only tell us the good news, you make it a reality by taking away our sins from us, and replacing them with your holiness. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen.
and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always.